0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode at You Are Human, a show attempting to decode human potential and possibilities by bringing you real stories, real heroes. My today's guest is a poet, songwriter, rapper, activist, and an actor. The reason why I have him here today, it's a long story, which I'm definitely going to share later in this episode. But let's begin this conversation with a performance by him. So let's welcome Nicholas G. Sims.
1: (laughs) This is a a song called Sakastu, like a snippet from it. Uh, Sakastu means uh, livelihood in Japanese. Look, never need a name. I was naming it for the fame. I just try to stay in my lane, but I never be contained. Weak minds often get turned into major pain. I would never get stuck at home like my name was Dane. It's funny how the gango go. We told you like the Rango. We approach you like the Django. There ain't no place I can go. There ain't no place I can go. Yeah, we getting bigger than ever. God just pulled up the lever. I'm getting straight to the cheddar. Yeah, I'm better than ever. Been smart, wise, and clever. Everything I do is stellar. Popping out like an umbrella. They can't fit in my style my drip flow like the Nile, all in the clouds like cow they can't fit in this file uh made out of every situation they said i couldn't and shouldn't and even said that i wouldn't looking back as a child i knew i would stay wild now i'm making my mama proud on everything that i compiled. trying to climb the ladder my pockets getting fatter while people in constant chatter when they don't understand i'm doing everything i can to trying to keep my head up trying to run my bands up i'm trying to run the stanzas running in the field instead of making plays on stage it felt like i was locked up in the cage until I busted out in rage <laughs> and then I changed the page it's <laughs> a costume <Yeah. laughs>
0: wow those were some powerful 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 words especially in the end where you said that you're in the you know from the cage you're coming out you know because of the rage yeah and you're turning your page because we have the power to write our own history isn't it
1: yeah yes yeah like um I, I would be making this song with like a dear friend of mine, Noble. And um the most important thing I think when I was writing this was to kind of like make something that kind of reflected what I was going through in my, my past and where I'm at now. So it's kind of like um somebody asks, like, what genre would you even put this in? I'm like, you know, I don't know, it's hip-hop, but it's also like my own little, you know, hip-hop, like reflection hip hop, something like that. I don't even know how I would even describe it.
0: So, you know, um, last year I was participating in slam poetry and I went deeper to understand what the history of slam poetry and even poetry in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So back in the days when people wanted to start a revolution, you know, when they wanted to talk about things that, you know, they're being suppressed from. So they would go in the middle you know in 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 the middle of an area Mm. and they would you know just stand in in the middle and they would attract the crowd by doing poetry or a rap or a song through which they would tell people what they feel about this current situation that they are in be it slavery be poverty be you know being ruled by another nationality, another country, you know, but another race being being ruled by them. And then the kind of feelings that because even in India, I'm an Indian and in India India faced like 200 years of slavery, you know, we had the British ruling us. So even at that time, there was there's so much writings that are available that, that can show us or can tell us about what was the mindset of people back then. Mm. So I think Today we we see you know songs that come and go, which are like, what is this? But I feel like what what you have shared today has so much, you know. Again, as you said that it is from your past, what you were feeling, you know. Even there was one more line that caught my attention where you said that they said that I shouldn't, I would, and I couldn't make it. Yeah, so that was again so powerful because there are times when we are told that you, how can you do this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like honestly. Um... Yeah, like we are, we're gonna get into um, later into the podcast. But like honestly, when I did transfer from football into film, it was like a lot of people who really found it very far fetched. Like because where I come from, it's a really small city, and you know, it's usually you're an athlete or you are a rapper. But then it's like. There's no in between, like, you don't really find too many actors or filmmakers where I come from. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that, but like, we'll support you in a way, but not really. And that's how it was at first. And I was like, I don't really think you're going to be able to do that, honestly, Even even my parents at first, but yeah. <laughs>
0: because you can't even blame uh, parents because that's what they have seen you know there's a lot of conditioning that goes on and I think parents they come from a space of concern and love and care and they don't want us to like see the failure or what if you know you can't make it how are you going to do it so there are so many fears that they have for us so right. I think our parents are always a challenge to deal with for the right reasons yeah and <laughs> yeah, I, I realized
1: that that's why I wasn't really too like I guess like aggressive in my approach as far mm-hmm. as like wanting to um voice my my passion for acting like I wasn't really like just oh, like, why do you, why do you not understand me? But I yeah. understood from the aspect of like, okay, you know, they may have not been around the a circle of actors or they, don't, they might not know what it is to even be an artist, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, how would they know? You know, how yeah. can I blame yeah. them for questioning? Like they've seen like, I guess what you see on TV, like this struggling artist. I guess they want me Mm -hmm. to be this this struggling artist. Right. uh, That it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I didn't. That's why I wasn't really too hard on my parents about that. Yeah, I understood.
0: But now you understand. Yeah, that's amazing. So your writings, are they always inspired by your own life's journey? Or is it if you see something that's going around and you tend to write even about (laughs) that? Like what inspires your writings?
1: Um, a lot of a lot of the time it's like a reflection of what what I'm going through uh what I've experienced and also like uh I feel like every artist it doesn't matter like in what capacity I feel like our duty is to serve and like you know protect the art so like for instance when you know the black life matters movement was going on yeah. and then we had this Asian hate going on I felt like Man, a lot of artists really stepped out, whether it be through um photography or painting or even music. I felt like a lot of people like really dug deep and like was reflecting um the times that were going on now and trying to help people heal from it. And I like making making music like that as well. So yeah.
0: What 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 is your feeling about hate? Because hate is such a strong word, right? Yeah. I think Uh it is such a strong word and today we use it so casually oh I hate this food oh I hate that thing what is your sentiment about hate
1: um I don't use the word (laughs) I don't use the word at all like honestly even when my friends say like I make sure like double check with them like okay are you sure you want to like you sure you hate this specific person, you sure you hate that specific thing, because hate is a really strong word. Like, you have to, like, really have, like, I don't know, this dark place in your heart for something just to to hate it. Um, I feel like I come from a a very, very, very compassionate um, family. So that wasn't always practiced within my family when I was young. So hate wasn't even a thing, honestly, true. I was never taught that. Um. Wow. So like honestly, I feel like the world should always show we should we should show each other compassion regardless of the circumstances. Um and, and that's and that that leads to a whole different other conversation. Like this this hate and this love uh comparison that that's why where I where I come from are, you know, many other different um communities. That's why we see so so much violence. That's why we see so much uh, we see so much pain and so much hurt, yeah. everybody hurting each other. Like it's, it's 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 sad. Like you, I. if we could get to a point of where everybody could just love, like we could replace that with just like love. Everybody just love each other. And I know that sounds like cliche, but it's like, if everybody can get to a point where we can all love each other, then like the world would be better for it. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, that's a part of uh, my service as an artist to get back that, that compassion and that empathy. If everybody's empathetic right. towards one another, then we, we avoid many, many, many things. So yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, I feel even love is such a strong word and it comes with so much responsibility and a lot of actions. So um, I totally, totally agree with what you say. Uh, and I feel with love comes even respect. I feel like if we start acknowledging the existence of another being, we start acknowledging that he or she or they are also made up with the same matter and spirit the way I am. I think that the difference, the barrier somewhere goes away because what, what we tend to do today is we tend to create these layers and barriers oh I am this and you are that and you know they are them and you know we are we so I feel yeah. like there's so much and which will always exist it will exist you know yeah in, in every time like if you look at history this has existed there are always going to be differences but if we can dissolve you know the way we see the way we look at each other you know if we just change our lens I think that, and and what you rightly said about compassion and empathy, I think that's something we lack today as a race. You know, we have just become so much about me, me, me. And I think there are so many reasons. There's a lot of anger, even hate. Like when somebody says, oh, I hate this. Sometimes even even I don't know what's the feeling of hate. Maybe I'm just angry. Maybe I'm just like, you know, being arrogant. And we just define that feeling as, so yeah, I, I think it's a very um, you know, when I'm just sitting by myself, I will get in this zone and I try to like analyze when somebody has said something, I was like, where is this feeling coming from? I don't think that's hate. Like when she said she hates him, I don't think she hates him. She's just angry at him. You know, so I, I sit to I sit back and tend to like analyze to to understand where that feeling is coming from or what that feeling is.
1: Right. And that's important that you take time to like really try to understand and analyze somebody's feelings um a lot of the time that's where um hate is you know derived from because we don't take the time to like communicate our feelings or listen to somebody when like even going through something and this is probably like just really specific but like like when you said like you really take an account of somebody's feelings like Yep. you really have to take the time to like try to hear somebody out and um not really um validate their feelings and choose them for you um and that that could prevent a whole lot of problems honestly yeah uh, if absolutely. we just communicate with each other um
0: communication yeah 100 percent. that's
1: really important honestly <laughs> so yeah like <laughs> like yeah what you just said was perfect
0: yeah so uh nicholas i know it's past midnight which is something you don't stay awake um you know a lot i want to know because because you're a morning person i want you to share it with the audiences and my listeners because when i met you you were narrating me about your morning routine so can you share a little more about your morning routine with everyone oh
1: yes of course um so my morning routine uh is probably like uh, it's not unorthodox. Uh, probably the military goes by it or something like that, or any other person who's trying to succeed in life, like Jay Z, for instance. They probably follow mm-hmm. up by this, but um, I wake up at five uh, a.m. Mm-hmm. I get on my knees and I pray. Uh, I thank I thank God for waking me up and um, also to guide me towards my excellence, forgiving for my sins. And, um, just build me up uh, for the day, and then also, after I pray, I follow that by meditation um and then, after my meditation, I usually um depending on what what's like going on, um if I had an audition, I might change my routine around and try to get read that audition early in the morning so I can get it in my body and you know get familiarize myself with the character and stuff like that but if i don't have anything at the particular moment i take time to just bump in my journaling i journal and i reflect on what happened yesterday and how i feel in the morning um i make sure to do that um because i feel like that is just the best way to like kind of clear your mind and really understand yourself a little bit more um you know you're always, like, trying to um, figure yourself out more and more and more. And it's like, uh, how can you walk into this whole other character and you don't even understand yourself? And it's like, um, how can you even be in a relationship with anybody, whether it be friends or just uh, being intimate, and you don't even know yourself? So I think that's really important. i also I also do like voice and movement. I make sure I warm up my my um my vocal cords and like I do these crazy movements like I release my my jaw and I unlock it make sure that um I'm not tense um even when I perform i um loosen up my chest um okay. and uh, make sure that I could speak. With really strong inflections, and make sure that I'm grounded, and I understand my voice, and I can use it to the best of my ability. Um, that's very important, and that can go from singing to just talking and understanding, like the you know the range in your voice. I think that's very important, and um, then I take the time out to read whether it be a book that I'm reading at the time, whether it be a book that I'm always, by the way, I'm always trying to understand the craft a little bit more and more each and every single day. Like, the thing I love about this craft, and I think it go for anything in life, you can never master this craft. You can never be good enough. Therefore, you can always learn something. Like, I could be... <laughs> Lord, I hope I live as long, but like it can be like 80, 80 years old. And I can still be like learning because um, it's really impossible for us to live in um, in every circumstance. We haven't lived, we haven't lived um every single circumstance. Therefore, we don't understand every single circumstances. So it's re- really important for um somebody like me to ground myself in the craft and understand that I come from uh. I have a base and once I have a base, then I can match a talent for a talent. Um, and that that has, has helped me um, having that mindset, like I'm not a master of this craft, therefore I have something to learn each and every single day. So yeah, and um, I watch interviews. I tend to watch a lot of interviews of uh, actors that I uh, like to watch. Um, like for instance, like uh, right now, my one of my favorite actors right now is Jonathan Majors. Um, he's he's really he's a really talented actor right now. But I really like the way that uh, I really like what he talks about in his interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I watch master classes and uh, I work out. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's the most important thing. Yeah,
1: I, work, <laughs> I work out, try to, try to keep figure. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I do it all, I do it all that in the morning which is crazy to say, wow, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. So yeah, that's all I do in the morning.
0: That's a lot of things getting done, you know, first thing in the morning, isn't it?
1: It feels good. It feels good. Like once you complete that routine, you feel like Mm -hmm. you can like really attack anything. You can attack the day and you have room for like so much more like to do. Like even like after routine, I I still have stuff to do. Oh yeah, yeah, like I I'll even like pick up a play. Um, and I like reading plays. Um and I also like just uh doing monologues, random monologues sometimes, but this month has been so busy to the point where my auditions has been serving as that. So I've been getting more right. than enough practice. So yeah.
0: that's amazing i mean congratulations to you and i wish you all the best that you nailed probably all the auditions
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, we are we always praying yeah that's the tough part about this job uh you get so close and uh you it could be one person away but you can't get too high you can't get too low that's always teach myself i stay even keel and um i realized that um I mean, first starting out, you want to be like, "Oh, every role is for me." Like literally, every role is for me. I I mean, you got to take into account that that writer he he or she has a vision. That producer he or she has a vision for the particular role that you're going out for. You might kill it in the room. You might have one of the best auditions like you ever had in your life, and they might even think that. But visually. They still have a plan for what this character should look like how they should approach the role everything, and so if you don't fit that, that's okay like it doesn't mean that you're bad or you're you know you should quit or anything like that. It just means that that particular role wasn't fit for you at the time, but they're gonna they're gonna find something for you eventually like it's gonna break through. you just gotta keep going like and that's that's what keeps me going i like i don't I don't audition to win a role anymore. I don't audition for that. They already gave it to me in the audition. Therefore, that's why art is so precious for me because it's like, literally, you have limited time. Even if you do get booked a role, you still have limited time with that specific human being. And I don't call it a character as much. I call it a specific human being. Y'all are sharing space together and it's limited and it's very intimate. You have to trust that human being to walk in the space and y'all share that space together. And therefore, once you're done with that particular art, it's not yours anymore. You're giving it off. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 not mine anymore. Every time I do audition, it's not mine anymore. That I don't I don't hold on to it anymore. So it's once it's it's theirs. It's the world's. And it's however they um percept it and is is their business. And if they they love it and you know, it's something that changed them or gave them a different aspect. I did my job. I did my job already. So, yeah.
0: I want to ask you, Nicholas, I'm 22. How do you have so much clarity and control? Tell me. (laughs) <laughs> because i'm um, i'm just in so much awe oh, the way you talk the way you are the kind of understanding you have about yeah. yourself and your mind and what you want and you know having this clarity because i have friends who are in this industry too mm. and i have never and even i watch a lot of celebrity interviews <laughs> i've never heard someone talk this way about yeah. the craft, about the art and about how you have to detach yourself from you know not getting it. I, I absolutely love Vanessa but there is no day where it's the highest high or the lowest low. I mean, you know, yeah. you're not never gonna get there. So
1: right. yeah. <laughs>
0: what what's the <your> secret? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, I think with anything, like when your heart is like fully invested in something, like mm-hmm. that that love, that passion, it it overpours. And, right. I, like, so, honestly, I'm not on this, this podcast to be like, I'm going to say the right things, but or I always know what to say, but my heart, it always leads me to saying, like, the specific right thing at the time, because, like, I'm in love with the craft, and I I, I treat it um, like it's my livelihood, and I think once you fall in line with your craft like that, or whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter what you're doing, like, um... I could be, I could be a, a street sweeper or a trash man, and but if my heart isn't, I'm gonna always have this this very um positive outlook on on being a trash man or you know, this deep, this deep love for street sweeping or something like that. But um really and truly I've gotten to this point was because just because I really fell in love with the craft, that's all. I mean, honestly, I really fell in love with the craft and I I got to know myself better through through this art form, and therefore it aligns with my purpose as well. Um, and usually when something aligns with your purpose, you understand life a little bit more and more each day. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, we talked about purpose even the, you know, the day we met in in New York and we talked about it even in our conversation. I will come to that question a little later yeah. because uh, <laughs> I think that's um that's something I would really really want you to uh you know yeah. narrate again and I would want to hear it, you know, from you to to <laughs> you know refresh <laughs> my memory <laughs> yeah. of it. But I w- I wanna ask you how was your childhood you know you come from a family of a veteran i mean how was your childhood was it like too disciplined because the kind of morning routine you have you're already so disciplined is that yeah. a habit that you carry from your childhood
1: yeah yeah um well my 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 mom my dad split when i was little, um young so um my mom she was a gospel singer um and my dad he was uh he was a very 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 stern guy but he always made sure that i had everything that i needed and my mom was a relaxed one and my dad was very disciplined um he was a he's a senior sales specialist at Terry Thompson right now um but he made sure cuz i was playing football at the time he made sure that i literally was mentally prepared as well as physically prepared to go onto the field so i would wake up, cause I I used to have to share, um, you know, time with my mom, my dad. So every other weekend I'd be at my dad's or my mom. So every weekend I was at my dad's, you make sure I get up in the morning and um, I do my pushups, however many I could do at the time. I think I was like, um, when I started doing pushups, I was like eight or something like that. And I would get, get up in the morning and I would run in the backyard, I would run sprinters like back and forth um, until I couldn't anymore. And um, I remember that because I did that on my own free will. Like at the time, he laid out the foundation for me, but um, after a while, I just started doing it on my own. And I would just wake up at like 6 a.m. and I'd go in the backyard and I would run, boom, 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 boom. I'd be in my room, push-ups, boom, 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 like doing that um even even at the time i would be passionate about completing my homework just so i could do some more work and be disciplined within the sport and learning and so i could watch um, when i was watching football i wasn't when i was watching football with my dad when i was young i wasn't watching it for enjoyment i was watching to like try to pay attention to like the plays how everybody was moving um whether it be me watching the saints or Edie bush like my my dad with that military background he he taught me just really how to be disciplined in every single thing that I do so I really appreciate him for that like sometimes I didn't cuz I I literally my dad made me play like every sport and I think that's why I'm really I like I, I've literally played every sport except lacrosse and hockey and that's probably it. um but yeah that's where I get it from my, my dad a lot my
0: dad yeah yeah and you were, you were so good at football, right? Like you yeah. you were so good at it. Why didn't you pursue it further in the future? Uh,
1: oof. I mean, wow. That's that's a good that's a good question. Um, honestly, it was something that I w- I went to college for. I, signed, I went to play Division One football where I went I with the University of Toledo. Um, once I got to the University of Toledo, um, I really figured out that I wasn't as in love with the sport as I thought, Hmm. but I still wanted, I guess, what came with it. And I wasn't playing for the right particular reasons. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm acting to serve, but when I was playing football, I was playing just because of what came with it. Like, for instance, if I if I knew I did, I, I did what I was supposed to do, I could go to the NFL and make lots of money and I could, you know, be be this, this this guy who my city wanted me to be, be this guy who my family wanted to be. Nick, Nicholas Sims, a football player. I could be that. Um and I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for everything else except everything else and everybody else except me. And that was the problem. Uh, But I didn't realize that. I was, like I said, I was at Toledo. I wasn't in love with the sport anymore. I was just going through the motion, standing third, and then boom. I transferred to Indiana State to get my mind clear. And um, I get to Indiana State because I wasn't getting that much playing time at Toledo. So I went Mm to um, Indiana State. And um, I remember getting there. I I hurt my hip. Went through some stuff. Um but I ended up bouncing back and I ended up playing as as much as I did at Toledo. But um I I, I still like felt this like I felt empty. I felt like very empty. Like something was really missing. Um and I remember because my first time with acting wasn't in college. I had been acting way before that, like in church plays. And I even did like this um, this play that was, you know, was traveling down South with my mom because she used to do them too, called Hear the Voices Ring. That was my first time being on stage. I think I was like around nine, like dancing on stage and doing stuff like that. <laughs> um, I remember I needed an extra elective, my, my high school, um, my senior year my senior year in high school. And I took drama and my drama teacher was like, all right, we gotta do this monologue competition. I didn't even know what a monologue was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, did a monologue from Fresh Prince and we did the competition it was regional at first. Then I I won that, then we ended up going to um, the finals. And then I got superior, I got a perfect score at the finals. Um. And after that, I never thought about acting again. And he like, are you crazy? Like, you need to go, like, try out for Juilliard or um, go to Pepperdine or go somewhere that's, that you know, that has the arts. And I was like, no, I'm going to play football. Mm-hmm. So when I got to Indiana State and I was searching for the void and I were back there, I was like, hmm, what is, what is, what did I do that really, like, made me feel like I was doing the work and made me feel like my, my soul was on fire. And boom, like it, it hit me, like it hit me. I was like, wow. I remember that time I was at the Trump Hour Festival and I was acting and it felt like I was like floating in the space or something like that. It felt like I was unreal, like a euphoria type uh, feeling. And I remember how much um, joy that it brought to not me, but the people that were watching me, and they were connecting with my art, and they were using it to, I guess, heal or you know, bring up a p- past memory that they had never like um, brought up. And I remember the first time was a Trump hour. A lot of people came up to me talking about, man, like you brought up a memory that I didn't even know I had, or I healed from that. Like you have a gift, da da da. And it wasn't about me having a gift; it was about me like serving. And I remember that, and I was like, "Wow, I want to do that again." Um, and uh, it's funny, I got sick during spring camp in, in football, and I uh, watched the Marvel the Marvel series, the In Game was coming out that week, and I, I saw how much fun they were having on screen. I was like, oh, "I want to do that." I start, and so now I'm like, I'm shifting gears. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to play football anymore. Like, I, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to act. I want to act. I don't want to play football. Like, I see myself doing this for the rest of my life. So I finished out the season. I told my coach, like, I quit. Like, he's like, what are you talking about? I told him. I We sat down and said, I I, I quit because I found something I want to do in my life and I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste time doing it. Um, I'm playing for all the wrong reasons. I, I, you know, when you miss your calling, when you miss your mm-hmm. calling, I feel like you're doing a, um, injustice to um, humanity. Humanity needs you to answer your calling so you can move the world um, forward in a better direction. I needed to answer that call in order to be where I'm at right now. If I never would have answered that call, I would never be in New York. I would never meet the people that I was supposed to meet, help the people that I was supposed to help in the projects that I was supposed to be in. I would have never been here if I would have never answered the calling. And that's, that's why I feel like overall I quit football because the moment that that, that that call was coming in, I was like, it's time to answer and just move on. This, this chapter's end of my life. It's taught me a lot. Therefore, let me move on to a different direction of my life. And that's what I did. And it's it's been very rewarding, much, much more rewarding than I can ever imagine. So yeah, it's yeah. been amazing.
0: <laughs> Answering the calling is just so so powerful. You know, um, I think it, it's been a couple of years back when I was attending this discourse, and in that um, she she was narrating, you know, where I go for my spiritual practice, and um I, I was told that. You know, we we get this calling from within, but today we are surrounded with so much noise around us, mm-hmm. you know, like the TVs on. It's just a metaphorical way of, you know, giving outside noises, but there's so much noise even within of our own, um, you know, wants, our own uh, emotions, our own thoughts. There's so much clutter and chaos mm-hmm. within that sometimes we are not able to, Probably we hear the phone ringing or the calling ringing Mm -hmm. within us. But we are just so surrounded by this noise that we don't want to go pick up. Or we're just so busy doing other things where we're just so like, okay, you know what? Let it ring. Let me not answer it. And in the worst scenario, we don't even hear it. It is ringing, but we are just so consumed by the outside or by the emotions within that we don't hear it. So I feel like, you know, while, while you were narrating that, it just took me back to that, um, the discourse. And I feel like you're so blessed and you're so, I, I don't believe like you're just lucky because even luck comes with a lot of factors of you being, you know, following your passion or being disciplined or, you know, being that person who is there to see the opportunity, you know, luck is not just like, oh, one fine day, you just happened, you know, there's a lot of backstory to it. So I would say that, you know, with all of it, you're so lucky as well to be understanding your calling, to be answering that calling and to be working on that call. Many people do answer that call and they know, okay, this is my calling. But then they don't act upon it. There are so many okay. factors that push them to not, you know, act on it. Maybe they themselves are, you know, pulling themselves down. But I'm I'm just so happy, you know, to see the way you are working towards your calling. And that's so amazing. So would you say like this is your purpose? Um serving people through your art. Is that your purpose?
1: Yeah, yeah, because I um yeah, because a lot of people get purpose like really mixed up with like what you do um and my purpose isn't acting like my purpose is to help you know change the perspective of people in a positive manner help cultivate people move move them forward and um really really touch them in a way that they might think about things differently in a sense give them joy reassurance motivate them inspire them through a way that honestly, sometimes I don't even understand, but I know it's a gift within me. I would be ignorant to ignore it. Um, it's a gift within me that I have to use. So I am a service, therefore I have to serve through my art, my which is my gift. So in this case, my purpose aligns with my gift. And so I can reach the masses I can reach more people than I could ever imagine um and I know that now I have faith that this is not this is not it for me as well like I know that there's more work for me to do um to even make sure people get you know through through storytelling because I'm a storyteller um through storytelling I can help move them forward and I know one day it will be more and more and more and more and more and and that's a duty and I, I cherish that very 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 seriously so yeah I take that very seriously.
0: Are you going to have a, a plan when you go for a role like are you going to see like is this character going to serve Your purpose, like, is this character going to, in the end, motivate someone? Is it going to inspire someone? So, do you go with that sort of a vision when you're reading scripts?
1: Yeah, um, I've I've declined a lot of stuff that if I feel like it doesn't um, necessarily move an audience forward in a way, and honestly, it doesn't always have to be serious. It could be a comedy, and somebody takes something from it and. A kid like laugh from it, and you know, because like that's what people come to see comedies for, like relief. You know, it doesn't always have to be dramatic. Um, yeah. But uh, when I read a script, I make sure that it has a message, um, moves the audience forward, and I make sure that my character um, that I'm playing, and honestly, um, that comes from personal interpretation. So basically, when I'm interpreting a character. Like the way it's written, I can interpret it different. And if I can interpret it different, and even if I don't agree with what is being written, and I interpret it in a way that an audience can um, take something from it, then I'll do it. But um, if I see something that really doesn't align with what I'm supposed to be doing, then I I, I just don't I just don't do it honestly. Um, but I don't get many of I don't get many stories that I don't like agree with. Um, so yeah, that's
0: good. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I was just so lost in your conversation.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because um, you know when you talked about comedy, I mean, I personally, my dad and I, we love comedy. Right. What comedy does is. It takes you away from your pains. Like even you know, right. if I'm having a tough day, yeah. I would want to watch something funny. And friends is something that has kept me through. I don't know, it's a cliche. Like friends, a lot of people yeah. watch Friends. Friends, and recently, because when I was in America, Shits Creek, because Shits Creek wasn't Ooh, it doesn't right. show in this country yet where I'm in right now. So because when Netflix has restricted content, right? That shows right. to some countries differently. Yeah. So when I was in, in, in America and I was watching Shits Creek, and you know, like daily, I have to watch at least 15 minutes of either Friends or Schitt's Creek. So, you know, and it's it's just a, such a great stress buster, and I absolutely love it. And I feel what you are doing is something aligned, to like your vision is on the same path. Like you either do something that's going to uh, let people forget, you know, their pains and their miseries, even for that yeah. brief amount of time and yeah. give them a good night's sleep or somewhere where they can, you know, learn uh, um, motivate themselves you know get inspired yeah. i mean that's even the same reason why i started podcasting it's not always funny i'm not a very funny person although <laughs> i'm very funny to myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <you're> funny. <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> that goes on record i'm going to like play it like a zillion times to everyone <laughs> <Yeah. I> mean, <laughs> someone I, said yeah. i'm funny so I, I just feel like even through my podcast i'm just trying to as you said, like you're a storyteller, even I feel like it's my way of bringing out stories of different people, such as you and, you know, the other oh. audi- the, the other guests that I've had. Yeah. And believe me, even when I met you, you know, that day uh, at lunch with Kevin, you and I, when we were having lunch and I was absolutely blown away, you know, when you narrated that you were uh, a footballer and then you stopped playing football because you were in it for not the right reasons and it completely blew my mind and I was like who is this person I want to know him more you know like I I was I was just so curious to know your journey and your life's journey and your purpose because and when you said you were 22 and I was like wow at 22 I do not know what clarity I had and it is amazing to see the kind of clarity you have the vision you have and the way you're just so disciplined and passionate so I, I would say that you know, because of I'm a very spiritual person, I would say that God has chosen you for, for a reason, and you know He's He's put you on this planet. He's put everyone on this planet for a reason. Right. So, but but I'm so so grateful that you have realized that reason and you're walking on that path, Nicholas. And yeah. I wish you all the best in your journey. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that we are having this conversation and we yeah. met in this. You know, because uh, on this planet, we have what, about 70, 80 years if we're lucky. So it's a very yeah. fraction time, you know, that we're going to live. The sun has lived here for billions of years and it's going to live for billions of years. Oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we yeah. are just for, you know, this minute <laughs> long time. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that in this brief amount of time on this planet, I got to, you know, I got this opportunity to meet you and have this conversation with you. So I'm just so. So grateful. So thank you.
1: Vice versa. Like we have a very limited amount of time on this this earth. And sometimes we don't realize that at all. So I take advantage of each and every single day. And honestly, I try to spend the most time I can showing love and being at peace and uh, making sure I help somebody each and every single day. Being kind. You know, we have enough. We have enough coldness like in the world. Like just be show kindness, make somebody laugh, you know, um, motivate somebody, take somebody out of that that dark place that they may be in. I mean, I feel like that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like I'm not I'm not really too focused on leaving a legacy or leaving a mark. I just want to help somebody um move forward with their life or be a better person or make you know, make particular decisions that they don't even really know how to make. You know, if they ask for my advice, I take that very seriously. Um, or showing another artist my my um, my lenses and how I see things, I think that's very important. Um, showing compassion towards each other, like that's 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 the biggest out of all of compassion. That's it. Yeah. If I could, if I could leave this world with, like, anything, like, honestly, if I was to be gone tomorrow, like, I would, I would try to make sure, like, I emphasize, like, I show compassion towards one another, and, and that's not me just, like, saying that, like, I really, truly, genuinely, like, mean that, like, yeah, so that's what I just live by.
0: That's amazing, that's amazing, Nicholas, I mean, God bless you, and more power Mm -hmm. to you for this, and I'm definitely sure that you would do as what you're saying, because I've met you and the way you are, you're so powerful. You know, you have it in your eyes. I can just, you know, you you do. You have such powerful, powerful eyes. Um, Nicholas, as a, as a sign off, is there any message that you would like to give? I mean, there's a lot that you have said already. Yeah, uh, a lot of takeaways for each one of us, for me, and for all the audiences who are watching and listening. Um, but is there any last few words that you would like to give it as a sign off for this podcast?
1: Um. I just want to say, if you're an artist, um, you're working towards something, and you feel like that next thing isn't breaking through for you, remember, like, all economy cars are going, they're going, they're going, they're going, they're going. But you got a Lamborghini, you got a Ferrari, that foreign car, it's sitting a lot. It's still a foreign car, it's still finer than any of the cars that you see moving. It's still there, it just needs that. Needs a certain person to purchase it and activate it, and once it activates and it gets on the same road, you're gonna see that Ferrari zoom past all of these other cars, and that's a that's that's a certain thing about life. Sometimes we get caught up in what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is doing. Like you see, you see movement, you see movement, you see movement. You have to trust that the journey and the path that you're on is specifically designed to get you where you need to go and once you're activated once you're activated you're gonna fly you're gonna fly you're gonna be just like the ferrari you're gonna be just like the lamborghini but just remember like even if you're an actor and you're saying i want to be an a-lister you're already an a-lister at heart just you need somebody to activate you you know what i'm saying there's nobody like you there is nobody like you there is, you are unique. You are filled with joy, love, compassion. Like you have all the tools in the world to be who you want to be. So walk in that purpose. And so that's how what I leave you off with. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you. That was amazing. I mean, I think I can just listen to you all day. (laughs) I can continue having this conversation. I'm I'm just so feeling terrible that. You know, um, it has to come to an end. And that's what life is all about. Oh, yeah. Nah, things things yeah. to come to an end. And I am so grateful to you for doing this. And um, I've had oh, so you. much, so much, so much fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a very deep conversation today. And with you, it's it's always been deep um meaningful conversations so uh, thank you thank you for you know being yeah. so compassionate kind and passionate that you are <laughs> and sharing your life's journey with us and sharing your morning routine and your secrets <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure yeah. a lot of us have got inspired you know through this conversation and yeah thank you thank you for being on the show oh we
1: thank appreciate you it. thank you so much yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If it has inspired you even slightly, then please like, share and comment. See you on the next one, until then remember, our time is limited, let's make the most of it. Keep watching You Are Human on YouTube and listen to these amazing conversations on Spotify and other audio platforms.